0: Everybody, uh Larry Wilmore here. Just wanted to kind of have a kind of a short check-in with everybody out there. This isn't a normal podcast, this is a shorter one. Just me kind of having a conversation with you guys. Just been doing a lot of thinking. I'll have some guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, but um I thought it'd be good just to use this platform just to check in, because man, it, is, uh, it has really been a tough week. Um, I mean, it was bad enough going through the whole coronavirus thing. And, and just as all of the institutions in America were getting ready to get back to normal, racism said, nope, me first, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. And let me tell you, I was so so disgusted by that video. I've never seen anything so deliberately sadistic and just cloyingly cruel. Like, right? There, there was like a, a harrowing calmness to his demeanor as he, you know, that cop, as he knelt with his hand in his pocket, just this salacious self-assuredness that, by the way, that could only come from someone who knew that not only would there not be punishment for his actions, right? Right? But also that what he was doing was right. It was justified. You know what I'm saying? And part of what was so outrageous was that that expression on that asshole's face. Like, what? What am I doing that's wrong? You know, it was so sm- it was smug isn't even the right word. And guys, I I've seen a lot of racial shit in my lifetime. I've covered a lot of incidents of racial violence on my old show on Comedy Central, the nightly show, even on The Daily Show, my senior black correspondent. And I would say with the possible exception of the Tamir Reich shooting, you know, the black kid playing with the toy gun and shot down by police, it was just horrible. So horrible. I, I don't think I've ever seen something that's affected me this deeply. And it's not just me, the whole country, many, even many parts of the world are breaking out in peaceful protests and some destructive rioting. There's just lots of anger out there. And, you know, here's, here's what's interesting. There have been a lot of riots in our history, many of them race-related, right? But it is very rare for them to erupt, like, all around the country at the same time for the same thing. I think the last time might have been, like, when MLK was killed, like, in 1968. And, you know, the collective anger and grief was overwhelming for the black community. But even even the 92 Los Angeles riots were pretty much local, And the irony back then was that, you know, when the video first surfaced of Rodney King uh, getting beaten by the police, like no one rioted. I mean, the black community, the black community was almost relieved that finally there was proof, right? That finally there was unmistakable evidence of something we knew had been happening for decades. It's like, now you guys get to see it. It was only when the cops were not convicted that the riots broke out. I mean, we were so confident. You know, we were so confident that some of those racist cops were finally going to go to jail that we forgot to factor in that one very important component. America. And in America, white cops don't go to jail for beating black people. That's not how America works. So, you know, that happened Really bad. You know, in the last 25 years or so, there's been some police reform in some cities, some diversity training in other cities, more hiring of black officers and chiefs here and there. And yet it appears that Houston, we still have a problem. Why? Why? Why is this still going on? Why do I have to watch a black man being killed by the police on national television? Why? Why, after all these years, is America still dealing with racism? Now, look... It's easy to think of racism like as just hate, right? But I I think in order to understand it fully or not even understand it, I'm not trying to preach to you about racism. Let's say maybe even to relate to it better. I just think we need to talk about it differently. Like, Like if we view racism as more of a disease, right? Like if it was more of a novel coronavirus, you know, COVID-16-19, if you will, right? Then I just think we can relate to it a little better, especially with what we've been through the last few months, right? And America, America has dealt with the disease of racism since before its founding, but unfortunately has not achieved herd immunity. And like a viral outbreak, many of the carriers of the racism virus can be asymptomatic. Right. You could be standing right next to them and have no idea that they're carrying racism. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're not coughing, don't have a fever, not calling you a nigger. Right. There appears to be no reason for you to be alarmed. And they may not even know they've got the virus. Right. I mean, maybe a parent or grandparent had it, but at the most, you know, they might have the antibodies, but they certainly don't have like the live racism virus. I mean, because if they had COVID-16-19, their lungs would be filled with hate. Right? And that hate would come spewing out of their mouths. But see, but that's not how the racism virus works. If all it did was appear as hatred, it has no chance of survival. And viruses must survive. Right? The racism virus is sneaky because here's what it did. It found a host. And that host has allowed it to survive centuries without fear of being eliminated. And I'm speaking, of course, of white supremacy. Now, I think if America, if America wants to really deal with the problem of racism, it can't just focus on eliminating hate. People are always going to hate. I hate the Boston Celtics. I'm never letting that go. If, If we want to truly get rid of racism, we're going to have to dismantle white supremacy. And that is not going to be easy. And by white supremacy, I'm not speaking of the KKK or the alt-right or, you know, any other fringe group easy to identify by their extremity or their straightforward bigotry. They consider themselves superior to non They hate you and they tell you to your face. No. I'm just talking about, <sighs> I'm talking about the deeply ingrained notion that, that white is just better you know, it's above everything else. Anything non-white falls short, and black falls the shortest. Look, guys, let me put this in another context, okay, because so many things happen that go by and people don't know about it. Not that long ago, a very popular expression in America was, I'm free, white, and 21. It was an expression, uh, by the way, if you google this please google it and in fact go to youtube Jezebel did an amazing an amazing smash up of people saying this in movies i'm free white and 21 people would just say this this was an expression in america a very commonly known expression i'm free white and 21 and it was an expression that basically meant i can do whatever i want i'm free white and 21 i can do whatever the fuck i want and that do whatever I want, was very dependent on that word in the middle of that expression, white. Because if you're free black in 21, sorry, <laughs> uh-uh, you could not do whatever you wanted. In fact, as we know many times, doing whatever you wanted while black came with the death sentence. Now, I know it's hard for young people today to relate to a horrible You know, some of these things were, and granted, the institutional setup for this type of lifestyle is for the most part in the past. You know, they insist people aren't like that. now. I'm not like that. But because white supremacy, I believe, was so ingrained for hundreds of years, it's not easy to shake off its effects. The simple equation of something being better than requires something else to be less than. This is why it can seem dormant, but then erupt in the most virulent way. Amy Cooper crying to 911 that a black man is threatening her life when he's not. Laquan McDonald shot over 30 times by police while walking. Philando Castile shot cold after calmly telling the officer he carried a gun that he was licensed to carry. These things happen again and again and again and again. And I want to know, I want to know how can a human being keep their knee on a restrained person's neck for nine minutes, nine minutes, They can't breathe. They're calling out for breath. They're calling, calling for his mom. Nine minutes. Keeping their knee there as their life is drained out of them. How does that happen? I'll tell you one thing. They don't consider that person on the ground like them. The only way he could do to George Floyd what he did was to, was to consider him less than. It's not enough to say he's a bad apple. Sorry. That's soil rot. That's got nothing to do with the apple tree. That's the fucking soil. All right? This is the work that's in front of us. We've got to change the fucking soil. Some are going to want to march through that soil. Some are going to want to protect that soil. Some may even want to burn that soil. It's not going to be easy. But I think together we're going to figure it out. Stay safe, everybody.